Welcome to Round Guy, the podcast, along with Mr. Southeast Iowa, Dave Johnson. Our guest today, the lovely, the talented, Claudia Farrell, a.k.a. the Bear. Bear, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Tickled to get to talk with you. That's how I am. I'm excited. I'm honored that you had me on. Well, we're more than honored to have you on. How's that? We're even. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning. The the uh, accolade we've come to know and love is uh, the bear. Tell us where, how, who uh, designated you the bear? Um, when I was a kid, like really little, probably four or five, I would introduce myself as Claudia Bear because I'd watch all of the TV shows like Winnie the Pooh and little bear and Bra- all of these shows and i thought that that was just a name that fit well with mine <laughs> ah, i get it and, and it is you're right it's so appropriate because uh you you're how would you describe yourself uh, petite <laughs> i'm uh less than menacing looking right. <laughs> I'm pretty, and, pretty small and yet your work ethic uh, would qualify as a nickname the bear, would it not? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I I have a I have little man syndrome. I want to be the best, and so I try to prove everyone wrong. <laughs> and you have, because you're right. When when let's say uh, I was on uh, an opposing softball team. And I looked over across the field and I saw that you were going to be the starting pitcher. I would, and I mean this uh, in a complimentary way, but if I were that player, I would say, well, gosh, she's, you know, four foot nothing. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the heck out of the ball here today. And yet uh, people that may have thought that had a different entirely different outlook about you and your ability after the game when they went, you know, Oh, for four and, and struck out three times. <laughs> I like being the underdog. That's kind of my, that's my favorite thing. It's also less, it's less pressure on me when people overlook me. And um, yeah, I mean, that's like a villain origin story. That's why I, <laughs> That's why I did work so hard, because I didn't want people talking crap. <laughs> You're the Rudy of Des Moines women's softball, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that That is a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, let's, as I said, let's start from the beginning. Talk about your high school uh, softball career, where you played, some of your accomplishments, where you played college ball and some of your accomplishments and then where you're at now with uh, the uh, pitching academy. Okay. Got it. it. Okay. So I, I played at Dowling. Um, I didn't get much of a shot my eighth grade year, but I still, um, I actually, my eighth grade year pitching for Dowling because in Iowa high school, you could play as an eighth grader. They let me throw a game in the consolation bracket at the state tournament and I had this is kind of like an omen for my whole career I had the most wild pitches and most strikeouts in one game my eighth grade year and I thought that's very telling for what (laughs) I ended up being kind of 
just a little bit of a loose cannon. But then um, I ended up playing all five years at Dowling, and we won a state tournament. It was a state tournament my junior year. Um, I was captain of the all-tournament team uh, and pitcher of the year, both my junior and senior year for 5A softball. And then uh, went on to Grandview. I got offers Division One when I was in high school and not till I was already a senior because, again, I am four foot nothing. And I decided to still go to Grandview. And we, let's see, we finished top, top 20 all four years. I was pitcher of the year for my conference all four years, four-time All-American. <laughs> and now I, I do full-time pitching lessons. I work with girls' ages. Oh, I, work, I, I coach at Grandview, I coach at Dowling, and I do pitching lessons full-time. So I'm, I coach girls literally from the ages of 7 to 22. And if there's families of young women that are aspiring to be pitchers, at whatever level, uh, give us the information uh, connected to your your pitching academy. How they can get a hold of you? Any kind of social media uh, uh, outlets where they can get more information about that, or talk with you and and just check that part of it out because it makes sense that a lot of girls grow up with or without uh, the the coaching that might go with you know really helping them out yeah thank thank you for promoting that um my on instagram i get a lot of kids that get virtual lessons from me so i they facetime me or they will send me videos and then i you know will call them and talk them through what i see so if that's if you know if you're from rural iowa and you can't really get to des moines i offer that as well uh on instagram it's claudia farrell pitching and you, my name is on the F-A-R-R-E-L-L, my last name, but um, that's on Instagram. And then you can find that on Facebook as well. Same, same title. Now, would you say that being a couple of years out of college and, and running your, your uh, pitching clinics and, and the, the academy there, uh, have you uh, lost a, a, a mile per hour or two or are you even stronger now that you're a little older well so this is actually funny i i didn't lift after i graduated in 18 from grandview so yeah a few years out and uh, we were in a really you know throwing every day and lifting three times a week and i took a few years from lifting and i just started doing that again and I throw occasionally to the girls. I don't even keep track. I just will demonstrate stuff. And I radared, and I, I have lost a few miles an hour, but I'm still bringing it. I I get cocky every once in a while, and I offer to throw to the Grandview girls. And then I chicken out last minute because I'm thinking my body is not capable of doing this right now. But I, I feel that I could still throw in a game. I just need to hype myself up about it for a few a few days or weeks <laughs> prepare. Now, I, cause I remember, except I'm good friends with your dad. And I remember being with him, uh, at some point and, and he said, let's go over to the Academy and watch the bear. Uh, I think you were teaching some kids or whatever. And after they had left, you know, myself being an old catcher, 
I I had my glove and I said let's uh, let's play catch a little bit. And I told you, I said, I hadn't done this in a while, and my eyes aren't anywhere near as good as they used to be. <laughs> oh, no. So I said, I said, take it easy on me until I get adjusted with it. And your definition of taking it easy and mine, I found out to be uh, quite a bit different. Your first uh, couple of pitches to me, I, I, uh, I may have soiled myself, but I remember vividly, <laughs> you broke my glove. Oh, oh, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, you owe me oh. for a new glove. I Hey, I will be sending one over shortly. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, listen, uh, I have at this point in my life, I have no need for a glove. Uh, I oh. promise you. I promise you. But listen, uh, uh, when you were, how important was your dad? And, and bringing you into the the circle of of pitching softball. Well, I know I know he'll be listening to this, so I I better answer this properly. But he <laughs> he caught me. Uh, I mean, he pushed me and caught me, and he was my number one supporter for the whole thing. And everyone saw I wanted to kill him. But when I was a, when I was really young, like just starting to pitch. I was really wild, but I wanted to be good. And I would wake him up before school when I was in, before my carpool would come and pick me up and make him catch me at like 6.30 in the morning in our front yard. And he would have to, we'd only bring one ball outside. This makes me sound like we're, you know, in the the 40s. (laughs) We only pitch with one ball and I wake up before school and he would, catch me and I would throw I'd be really crazy so he'd go run down the cul-de-sac to go get the ball and run back and we call him a bucket dad and you know softball or pitcher parents they're bucket dads they have the bucket they have the bucket full of softballs and they're usually sitting cussing their daughters out but it's good it was we I remember a lot of Friday nights just going to like a facility and throwing with him so he was a really integral part of my softball career he didn't have the awareness to maybe, you know, catch you with him in front of a backstop, apparently. No, none. None of that. It was more of like a guilt thing. Like, if you throw this over my head, I'm going to have to go run after it, Claudia. So you need to figure it out. <laughs> and, and I remember him describing it as uh, something that... It uh, wasn't bucket. It wasn't bucket ball. Yeah, I don't know. Can I say that on here? <laughs> I, I, I think they'll just get away with saying something that rhymed with that. Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, if, if we didn't come inside crying after a, a pitching session, my mom knew it was a good one. So that's that puts it into perspective. And how old were you at that point? nine I think like fourth grade third or fourth grade maybe I don't know how old that would be you knew at that point you really wanted to pursue this thing called pitching softball yeah you get to be the you get the ball the most and you get to be the center of attention and that's kind of my those are my two favorite things (laughs) well now let's let's speak to a incident that happened at uh at a, a big tournament well, you were on the mound, and and a and I'm surprised this doesn't happen to more 
girls and, and, and major league pitchers even, yeah. you know, where a line shot comes right back to you. And in this instance, the ball hit you uh, right in the head. Yeah. And um, I, I've seen, we've all seen video of that. And I, and I remember seeing your dad running out of the stands on the field to, to see how you were and, and uh, describe that if it's not too painful. Oh, literally, I'm, go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> um, well, I, again, before when I was in high school, I don't know if it aired or I don't know if I could ever find the footage of this, but they didn't, I remember what news station, but they were going around to different pictures through the CIML talking about uh, mask wearing in the, you know, and I was the only pitcher at the time, I think, in our conference that did not wear a mask. And I'm known to be a little cocky, okay? And I said, you know, if you don't throw it down, you know, I'm a good athletic pitcher, and I feel I can pretty much field my position. And I was not worried about it coming right back at me. When we were at the national tournament my freshman year of college in extra innings, and I piped one, and it came right back at me. I remember hearing a really loud ringing noise for a long time, and I still don't have full feeling in the left side of my face where it hit me, but I wore a mask after that. <laughs> I had our coach made it optional to wear either, you had to either wear a mask or a mouth guard when you were throwing, and thank God for the mouth guard at least, because I didn't have any damage to my teeth, which is huge. I'm so grateful for that. And I didn't have to get surgery. So that was a blessing. But I, yeah, I thought I was athletic. I thought, you know, if anyone's going to get hit, it's not going to be me. I'm, I'm fast. I throw the ball hard. I can move out of the way. I have really good reflexes. And it just, there's no time. You're, we pitch from 43 feet away and you stride out about six feet. And from that point, if a ball's coming at you 80 miles an hour, you're not going to be able to react at all. So I am lucky it was not worse. And, yeah, I, I am surprised that it doesn't happen more often, but you see more more girls are growing up with the mask. Like, when I was a kid, no one wore a mask. Maybe a third baseman, but really I didn't see very many pitchers with a mask on. So I didn't ever have – I never saw this. And now I, I'm glad it is more widely used. And I encourage all of my pitchers to wear one, and all of our pitchers at Grandview have them on as well. You know, I was watching over the weekend, I was watching uh, some spring training games, uh, women's softball. You know, some of the uh, upper-level Division One schools, I think UCLA and I forget the other, Clemson maybe. And I, I noticed that all of the women that were pitching were wearing the mask, and I thought of you, because I, I knew our conversation here was coming up, and I was looking forward to it, and I, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, because I've seen so many college women, when I watch it, uh, are wearing the mask, I got to where I thought, I wonder if they've now made that mandatory, and, and you can answer that, right? Have they or not? No, they haven't. They still haven't. Um. I don't know if they've made it mandatory at any level, but I do know that at, at least in the younger levels, it is widely 
like it's there's a stigma if you don't like if you don't send your kid out there with a mascot i don't know a kid that doesn't wear masks at least pitching um but at the college level they really can't they really won't require anything i don't foresee that happening but i could be i could be totally wrong with that but maybe so it, it was still optional well. yeah correct let me ask you this then because you would know uh when you got hit without wearing it and had you been wearing that mask when that happened what what would be the differences i mean it makes sense that wearing it would would certainly help uh, diminish any kind of injury but but to get hit as hard as you did even wearing that mask would there have been some residual effect or would that have allowed you to just you know blow it off and go get back on the mound. I I really, from where it hit me, the mask would have 100% protected it. And I don't know if maybe I would have not seen it as well. I don't know. But I don't think the ball also would have gone as far as it did off of my face that it did, or off of a mask than it did off my face. So when it hit me, it went to right field. This is the part that pisses me off the most <laughs> is it hit my face and went to right field and they scored like three runs on it. So I <laughs> like, you know, I always think back because you, I'm a little crazy, but I'm always like, I don't think the ball would have gone as far off of my face either. If it would have, if I would have had a mask on, but I didn't, they didn't really test for concussion. I, I know that I probably had one, but I don't remember, um, getting tested, but I can assume that it probably would have alleviated my lasting effects, like headache and stuff. Um, right. Well, where was your right fielder at? How come she didn't come <laughs> in and field catch it? It went past our second baseman because she was cheating to the left. And so I, it went right to her. The right fielder got it on the ground, but I know. It's, that's the craziest part. I still think about that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't realize the ball ricocheted that far. You can kind of see it on, like, if you, I don't know if the video cut off that is online, but you can kind of see how far it went. It, it went pretty quick. <laughs> I'll bet that scared your folks more than it scared you, probably, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my, I don't really, I remember being on the ground and hearing my parents, and I was thinking, the one th- thought that came to my mind, other than Al, was, How'd they get on the field so fast? I, our other pitcher was sitting, um, at the time our other pitcher was in the doorway, like of the dugout. She was standing there and she said that my dad knocked her over getting into the field. <laughs> he, he pushed, he pushed everyone out of the way to get out of the field. My mom was right with him too. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been elected to the uh, high school hall of fame yet? Uh, no, I have not. I'm on the down. I'm, I just got inducted last year, maybe two years ago to the Dowling hall of fame. So. Well, you're on your way to that then, right? Yeah. Who's, who's to say, who's to say, <laughs> but well, your you. dad, if he knows who to talk to, <laughs> I know, I know he brings, he brings stuff up like that all the time. I try not to think about it. I'm, you know, taking steps forward, but I'm, I'm appreciative of him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to make somebody an offer. They can't refuse. 
Uh, now, don't you in your basement have a uh, collage or a kind of a framed thing with your jerseys and, and some I of your... I was going to bring uh, that up today. You what? I was going to bring that up today. You made... No, you, made you knew I was going to bring it up first. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's... Now, right where, did you, where did you get that by chance? Well, one of my dad's crazy comic friends the, went to my high school coach and got uh, my old jerseys encased with all of my <sighs> high school statistics. It's the best. Thank you so much for that. It, it was the best gift that I could have had after my senior year. And, and who was it? Just, who was that crazy friend of your dad's? I think his name's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a lot the of fun guy. tracking your uh, coach down, and and I made him a offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was like, "What on earth is going on? Why does the round guy want Claudia's jersey?" <laughs> and and. Uh, and having that done was just, uh, I thought it was, I thought it would be a pretty unique uh, way to, as I recall, it was your high school graduation gift. Yeah, it was. It's and fun. I thought this will be unlike anything else the bear gets for graduating high school. It's amazing. It's still, it's still down there. My dad well, throws it to everybody. <laughs> it was a pleasure to do that for you. You deserved it. Thank and, you. And, uh, I guess I don't know why I didn't do that for your Grandview uniform. Did you get to keep those? I well, I I still coach for Coach y or I still coach under Coach Yasinich, but I did snag a few of my jerseys. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to, but I did. Good for you. <laughs> and uh, later you're going to be able to tell your kids and then your grandkids about that. Sure am. And they may well want to grow up and be softball pitchers as well. And then I'll turn gray at 30, just like my dad. And then <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a good, maybe heart problems too. I don't know. That sounds fun. Well, you just don't uh, take up smoking cigars and drinking scotch. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about your future a little bit here. I, I remember meeting a fella at your house here a couple of times. Yeah. Dylan, uh, Dylan DeYoung, he's from Baxter, Iowa, and he lives here in my house, and... <laughs> uh, Is he the guy? Am I yeah. going to have to round up a wedding gift here at some point soon, or what? We'll see. We'll see how long. Yeah, yeah. I think here in a few years, probably. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. And I told him, uh, the last time I saw him, I thought he looked, he reminded me of Garth Brooks. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did tell him that. Has anybody else ever suggested that to him? No, but he he cherishes that compliment, and I'm, he's said it a few times since. And I, he'll say, you know, people do tell me I look like Garth Brooks. I said, people, as in, what the round guy? Uh, who else? And he said, <laughs> other people too. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, and I wasn't just trying to be funny. I, I, I thought. Having met Garth Brooks myself, uh, and and seeing see him on you know TV and whatnot, I I, I thought I thought he bared a, a bit of a resemblance, you know, well, not a twin a, brother kind of thing, but he but he uh, reminded me of uh, Garth Brooks, like cousins or something. Yeah, Dylan is a handsome handsome guy. So is Garth. So that that all adds up. 
showed up at a concert uh, by Garth, they would uh, security would probably let him through. <laughs> say I'm related to him. Say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, back to softball, Bear. Uh, I am just tickled. You had such a great career in continuing to help younger uh, female uh, softball pitchers. Where do you want to take this? Uh, are you uh, going to continue with the academy? Are you going to? Uh, are you ever going to compete again? Whether it's you know a beer league softball team that invites you to come out and play, or just how far are you going to take this? I I'm still in the. I I really enjoy my lessons right now. I have a I do a lot of them a week, and it, I mean it's a lot. So I might scale down a bit i want to train other pitcher pitching coaches to you know fall under my umbrella of pitching lessons and actually a couple of my friends that played softball at grandview with me one that i coach with jessica shala she is starting a women's fast pitch like league in town i don't know how competitive it'll be but I, she thinks it'd be really funny if I came because there people are going to go like to have fun, like recreationally play, and I'm not going to be there for fun. I'm going to be there to win. <laughs> sure. So, I'm I'm going to be like the the ringer, the fun hater that is going to be so serious, and I'm really excited to do that. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm glad to hear that because you, you know as men, you know you go up through the ranks high school, college maybe, and maybe there's a town team. But for women, you know, there's not really there's not really that avenue. Yeah. So, you know, the guys, the beer league softball guys, you know, for guys that are after college and overweight, just want to get out because they love, you know, the game, and, and it might provide some exercise or a chance to go out and get a few pitchers of beer afterwards. But uh, unless it's a co-ed kind of a thing, uh, women are really kind of excluded from that. So, so this would be, I would think, an ideal way uh, for women to get some exercise, still stay competitive. For sure. And then there, of course, there'll be women like you that are very competitive, and then women that just want to get out because they enjoy playing in college, maybe, and they they want to put the glove on again and and get out there and work out. I think that's great. How how uh, significant will the first season be of this? I I'm not sure. Um, they I think there's going to be at least I think the minimum is four teams that are going to be in it, and it's women from all over Des Moines. So I I am coaching during it's like Tuesday nights from what I've gathered, and um, I can only make a few because I'm coaching a Dowling, but I. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty serious from what I can, what I'm understanding of it. They, these women used to do like a slow pitch league and they wanted to change to fast pitch from, again, from what I kind of have gathered. So So, that's exciting. (laughs) Absolutely. It is. Now, when you get out there and participate, you're going to be wearing the mask then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you, you, I think you might've said this earlier. Do you, recommend that for the girls that come into your camp yeah a hundred percent i'm not um 
I make them all watch the video of me getting hit in the face because, you know, when you're, when you're five or when you're 10 and you're coming up through softball and you think you're awesome and then you watch a video and Paige Lowry, who was a pitcher at DC, Dallas Center Grimes in one state and went to Oklahoma, she got hit in the face when she was playing at the zoo and she threw 70 miles an hour. And I, like, you know, no one is safe from getting hit with no pitcher is safe from getting hit with the ball. It's not like, you know, just because you throw a certain speed doesn't mean people aren't going to hit it. The harder you throw it, the harder it goes. So hey. I make them watch those videos and hear them straight. Hey, Steve, <laughs> we're, 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 we're going to have to, to end part one and start part two because we're out of time. Okay. So, Eric, can you hang in there for another 20 minutes or so? Yep. All right. I was hoping you'd say that. So this, <laughs> this is the end of part one. We'll start part two next. Welcome back to part two of uh, the Round Guy podcast with Dave Johnson. Our guest today is the lovely, the talented Claudia Farrell, better known as The Bear. And The Bear, I love that nickname and it's followed you then for a long, long time. And it's uh, reminiscent of, of uh, Turk Farrell, Turk Wendell, I'm sorry. Turk Wendell, who pitched for the Cubs, and then later for the uh, New York Mets. And I asked him once where he got the nickname Turk, because his first name is Stephen, coincidentally, which uh, is a very good name, right? <laughs> but... Uh, he said his grandfather dubbed him Turk because he too was a pitcher and really took it seriously and, and obviously serious enough to play in the major leagues. But he worked so hard there, much like yourself, that he would be covered in sweat and dirt and just exhausted after a workout or a game. And his grandfather said, you were, you were, uh, fighting out there like a Turk. You're working as hard as a Turk. So that's where his nickname uh, came about. Again, similar to yours. But we're talking with Claudia Farrell. And, and Claudia, you became so prominent as a pitcher. Talk a little bit about how that uh, worked for or against your hitting. Because I remember you hitting a bunch of home runs, even though, again, you're four foot one and, and uh, about 80 pounds, you know, you hit with some power. And and a lot of times pitchers uh, are so focused on their pitching that they neglect to work on their hitting. So talk a little bit about how you handled all of that. Uh, well, in, in high school, you get unlimited opportunities usually as a pitcher to, to hit for yourself and, I was lucky enough to be able to hit for myself. I actually was a slapper for a long period of time as a um, freshman and sophomore year of high school, and I really enjoyed hitting from the left side. But as I it, – it's a lot of work because I still didn't want to lose the right side, so I would be working on my hitting from the left side, hitting from the right side, and pitching. And it was uh, – it's like a whole other sport. Like when you're a pitcher, it's almost like you're learning another sport. It's you have to spend equal amount of time on that as you do with all of the other positions. So I went back to the right side and through college, 
Coach Yasinich gave me uh, a lot of opportunities. There was a year where we really didn't have much pitching. We had um, our, our number two pitcher was Libby Yanger out of Indianola. She was awesome. And it was pretty much her and I. And we played double headers. So you can't – if I got hurt, we had some other girls that didn't have as much experience in that. So it would it was putting the whole team at risk if I were to, you know, hit and have to run bases and all of that stuff. So he would limit my opportunities at bat. But my senior year, I was able to continue hitting. And I, I was just as psycho about hitting as I was with – pitching as in I would stay in until it was perfect until I felt good and I was absolutely not as good of a hitter as I was a pitcher but I really enjoyed the those big moments I liked being in like scary situations where you know it the game relies on this at bat and that's I think those are the similar like similar aspects of pitching I like being in the tough situation I see. When you were younger and working your way up to uh, high school, college, and, and whatnot, who, who, what female softball players did you look up to and follow? Oh, there? Um, well, Jenny Finch, obviously, but she was really – she was um, tall. She was a big, big pitcher. She was, you know, I watched, uh, I watched a lot of girls that were a few years older than me at Dowling that I really looked up to. Um, but I, my pitching coach, Tina D'Angelo, was another person that I looked up to. Man, there's a lot of them. I am blanking. Um, at, um, shoot, trying to think of another. Oh, I got, to play, I got a chance to play high school softball um, as an eighth grader, and I, we got to go to – I got to play on this tournament team, and – this shortstop for Lincoln when I was a kid was Chelsea Blaylock. And I used to watch all of the Lincoln games, even before I got to the high school level and watched them. And it was, that was really fun for me. And I thought she was really small. And so I looked up to her a ton too. What about Jenny Finch? Uh, did, did you ever have a chance to see her play and meet her in person? I did not. I never did. Um, but I, followed her career when I was a kid and she would just grind it out. I mean, she was a phenom. There's nothing, there are a lot of girls that are great, but watching her pitch was insane. Also, uh, Kat Osterman and, and Monica Abbott have changed the sport of softball for forever watching them. And they're all, or those two are lefties. I think, yeah, all lefties, but they're so insanely awesome to watch and I don't know how anyone could watch a game that they're pitching and not think that softball is one of the greatest sports to watch they're so fun they're um they're animated they are so passionate and they're just they're badass can I say that sure. <laughs> yeah. <You> just did. <laughs> yeah but you know when I was telling you a moment ago about watching some uh division one colleges women's games over the weekend. I was impressed with how easy it appeared that they were so athletic and they reminded me of, I mean, and I don't mean this to, to sound sexist, but they looked every bit as talented as, as men. I, 
I under no, I I really it's it's hard to you know softball's not as wide hasn't been as widely you know watched. I think in the last couple of years it's it's really taken off. But you watch some of these pitchers at the Division One level. My favorite right now is Jordan Ball from Oklahoma. She is amazing. Women's sports in general in the last few years have been just insane. I've been watching Caitlin Clark too. There's an aspect of I don't think it's been as widely accepted to be like as passionate as the guys when you're playing and all of these women out there playing are just so fiery. It's great. It's so good for the sport. And and I don't I certainly don't disagree with you. Uh, but let me ask you this, as a coach now at the high school and college level, uh, are you seeing what is sort of happening to to uh, the men's baseball, whereby uh, in the recent last couple of years, so many women and so many men are are playing soccer instead of baseball or, or uh, softball. Is that impacted you at uh, the, the high school level and or college? Do you think? I, I don't. I don't think so. I I haven't seen that at our at, with our sport very much. Really? Yeah. Would it Would it appear to you that there's the possibility that that might happen with soccer? Yeah. I I don't see that really happening very. I at least from. What I've I've just seen a lot of girls that are specializing in like instead of playing multiple sports, I'm seeing girls that are youth at the youth level specializing really too early. Um, but never I don't see any like um, I haven't seen anything taking away from our sport. I could be I could have just a really small experience on that, but I I haven't seen it happen. Well, because. Soccer is being played with so much more interest than when I was in high school and playing uh, high school baseball, American Legion baseball during the summer. In in at my time, you know, we 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 played soccer in gym class for like two weeks. You know, it it would break down and and we'd have a two week session on soccer or two week session on field hockey or, you know, went around to all these other sports and, and everybody hated soccer. None of us, none of us liked it at all. And I have seen as a curiosity to me, but, but, uh, certainly, you know, soccer has become so widespread and so popular that if it had occurred back in my day, I know there would have been guys that might have otherwise played baseball that we're now saying, oh, I'm going to go, I'm on the soccer team. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yes. That's interesting. Now does soccer, is that conflict with the season of softball or would a girl be able to play both? A girl would be at Dowling. We have a, a, a handful of girls that do both, but um, on the soccer season ends around the first week of May. In, in high school. Um, so that, I, I, I'm trying to rack my brain. I think in college, or at least at Grandview, like NAI, the soccer season for us is in the fall. But um, 
it, it doesn't conflict. Like we have a couple girls that will go from the soccer practices and then come to softball and there's no issue with it at all. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let me ask you this then, because uh, it makes sense that now as a coach, you didn't probably have to be involved in any way as a player, but now that you're coaching and it, and in uh, high school and college, I'm thinking more so now high school, but do you get occasionally that parent that's just a little overly enthusiastic and thinks their daughter should be playing and they're, and they're not, or, you know, there's, uh, do you have to entertain that aspect of the game? In college, no, but in high school, there are, um, I, I, I have to say I have more great parents than I have ones that are a little too involved. I have to be careful, but, um, I yeah. think there are, there is a, I mean, helicopter parent aspect, like your sophomore daughter should be messaging me if she's going to miss practice, not you, or, you know, if she's running late, you should not, parents shouldn't reach out, period, if, about playing time, about, um, unless I am affecting the safety of your kid, I do not message me, or like, you know, you can message me as a person-to-person level, but I do not want you to contact me about your daughter's playing time. She should, once you're in high school, I think you should have the say, or your kids should have the say of when she communicates with me. That's part of it. That's part of the whole thing. And I see more parents that are too much, yeah, trying to control every aspect of it. And I'm, I'm a young person. And I think sometimes parents try to take advantage of that and it's not, but it's, it's a handful. I've had only like a handful of that in the last few years of more other than that. It's been an okay experience with parents. (laughs) Well, I've, uh, I've become accustomed. Uh, Yeah. I didn't experience any of this in college uh, and I didn't see a lot of it. Uh, in in high school or uh, American Legion ball and whatnot, and that was because, like you, you know the the players that are good, you know you're not going to have that problem. It's it's the player that's kind of on the cusp, you know, yeah. not a bad athlete, not a bad player, but not one that's so talented they should be starting every game. Right, right. Those are the ones where I would think you'd you'd get that kind of uh, involvement from mom or dad, right? But even at that, even in that rate, like if you, even if you are a very talented athlete and you feel like you're getting, um, you're getting railroad, you know, like you're getting pushed to the side. I still think that is such a helpful lesson, life lesson to learn how to navigate that. I, I, there's been scenarios where you know change positions go try out a different position go take extra reps with the coach talk to the coach about why this is not happening not you know your opinion as a parent does not warrant like me starting your kid over another person (laughs) as you want to win games and yeah that's that's a tough one because parents have rose-colored glasses to their kid and usually don't see that their kid's not working as hard or 
that your kid didn't go to any of the off-season stuff and all of that. You know, we're just kind of coming out from under this pandemic, but for the last couple of years, everything has been shut down. Walk us through what what happened uh, with your your uh, pitching clinics and your academy there and your involvement with coaching. Uh, let us know what what did you do when the pandemic kind of closed everything down? So in March, when everything got shut down, that our Grandview season, we were down in Florida and our season got canceled. So we went down to Florida and we're stuck there <laughs> for the week, not able to really do anything and um, couldn't even practice with our team, couldn't even, you know, do anything. And then I got home um, and things really started to shut down. So I did my lessons virtually and that's where that kind of began. I started FaceTiming my girls for 15 to 20 minutes and they would set up, they'd either be thrown outside or they would have like a setup in their house, which is really awesome because I know that these parents didn't necessarily need their kids to be doing that, but it helped create some normalcy for all of us. And then once things started to lift a little bit, not really, it didn't really lift, but when it got nice enough to go outside, we would just distance and pitch outside. And that was so great to just have a little bit more interaction with people. And our, once the summer rolled around, our Dowling season, we were able to have a season. And then our Dowling baseball and softball team, so the baseball team was ranked number one in the state and they had a few COVID cases and they had to just shut it down because at that time there was no really not a protocol for it. And that in turn shut our season down. So that was kind of a bummer, but we got to win a, we had a postseason game under our belt that we had won. And that was a good experience to have as a head coach. That was my second year, my second year as a head coach, you know, the first year was crazy and just trying to get everything figured out. And then the second year we get shut down to COVID. I'm just thinking, this is not fun. This is not a fun job at all, but it, it made you have to adapt. And I like some of the things that came from it. Some of the unnecessary stuff, what our Dowling team or what our Grandview team doesn't do anymore is shake hands through the line. I, I think that's a great thing that we can all just get rid of is walking down the line and shaking the opponent's hands. I don't want to talk to you after the game. Um, and writing, <laughs> um, not being so close to people in like the weight room and whatever. I think that's great. I, I don't like germs and this is a good adaptation of what things used to be, but I'm so glad that things are starting to look normal. But for, for my job it was easy to adapt because it was leading into the summer months but I feel I feel for the people who had to work from home for the last two years three years two years that's been that would be I'd go crazy I think so what about uh the season now are you getting ready for uh uh a high school season and the college uh, uh, season to go under get underway so you can kind of get back to normal 
Yeah, our Grandview, we've had a few games under our belt. We're ranked, at Grandview, we're ranked 12th in NAI. And um, we are heading to Florida tomorrow for, we, we played 10 games, I think, down there. So we leave, we go down to um, Orlando, and we'll do like a tournament-type deal, just round-robin-type tournament where we play some, we'll play a couple of ranked teams and then head home and start conference play. And for Dowling, we are, we've been going since January 5th or something like that. And we've been lifting three times a week. We've been doing the speed and agility in every, or two days a week at 5.30 in the morning. And pitchers, catchers, and hitting two times a week. So they're ready to go outside. I'm ready for that season to get going too. They'll have a few spring games here in March and I can't have any involvement in that. So some of the dads just take them and they'll play against some other teams around the state, which is nice. What about your dad? Will he tag along there then this uh, tomorrow and head down there with you? No, they're <laughs> right now they're coming home from Vegas. He just got done with us. A week in Vegas at the um, at the Strat, but yeah, I got, that's right. I remember that now. But he he will be. He's my announcer at the Dowling home game. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I we joke that he needs a seven second delay. You can tell like when the game goes south that his voice changes occasionally. <laughs> and I have to ask Tom, I'm like, you can't. You just gotta keep it keep it mellow he'll start the game announcing all the girls names off and he's all pumped up and then if they start losing he'll his voice goes a little a little down from there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah here's there's an ex-header from hoover i don't know what her name is yeah exactly you know his kid yeah <laughs> he wears his emotions on his sleeve. I say, you can't do that to these girls. That's <laughs> you funny. can talk with me about that after the game. <laughs> What's up in your high school and college career? And I realize Grandview, you picked Grandview largely because you could play and your folks would be able to come see you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the most embarrassing thing that your dad has ever done? Whether it was uh, high school, college, whatever. What, what's, uh, what's the one thing you go, I can't believe you did that, Dad? Oh, my goodness. So we were playing against a team, like our rivals in conference, Central Methodist. They're just outside of, I think, by, it's by Mizzou in Columbia, Missouri. And um, we were losing the first game. We, I was pitching, and we, I don't know what happened. The game went bad, and... My dad was standing next to the third base dugout where Coach Yasinich was the third base coach, and the umpire made a bad call, and my dad said, you are the worst ump of all time. And the umpire thought it was Coach Yasinich and kicked him out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> what did your coach say to your dad? He, it was it – was, the coach wanted – my coach wanted to get – I don't think he wanted to get kicked out, but he was he was fired up about the game as well. It just – he didn't – he would not say something as as black and white as that, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> he would have had a little more <laughs> – a 
Oh, he would have had better words, I think. My dad just was speaking his mind. And the next game we came back and and won the game, but it was it was really funny. I he they talked about it after and it was fine, but you are the worst ump of all time. <laughs> and I'm sure that's not the exact verbiage your dad wanted Correct. to say. Correct. Yeah. And I don't know that it was the exact verbiage that he did say. Oh, but. okay. All right. <laughs> well, we'll be okay, we'll giving the benefit it. of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, correct. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Bear, uh, I asked you about the High School Hall of Fame. Is there still uh, is the eligibility uh you got to wait so many years before that can happen, or what? What's the requirements there? I'm not really, I'm not really sure on that. I'm sure my dad knows all the criteria. If you ask, <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> going to ask. <laughs> but I, I'm not really too sure about. I think there's a nomination process, and um, I'm, I'm sure it's five years. Most of these things are five years out, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a few past that, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, because let's face it, I I know it's going to happen, and when it does, I want to be there to watch and to uh, applaud with everyone else, and uh, and because again, it's uh, it's certainly de- deserved, and there's no reason you shouldn't, and okay. I look forward to it. And I the other uh, Hall of Fame part of this equation would be that I hope you're so uh, your your career at Dowling is, is so long and successful that eventually you're selected as a coach to the Softball Hall of Fame as well. Well, thank you, Ram Guy. And I want to uh, say thanks for taking some time to visit with us and our listeners. I'm sure they're going to get a kick out of hearing uh, about your uh, your past and present and, and uh, whatnot. So, listen, thank you for your time. I love you. You know that. And, I love uh, you. Travel safe tomorrow. Win some games and get some uh, extra, uh, get some workouts outside. I'm sure you're going to have better weather down there than, than we have here over this weekend. Not, not too hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, just thanks so much. I love you, okay? Thank you so much for having me. I really, I love it. I And I love you. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll have you get on again sometime. How's that? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, buddy. Tell your folks hi. I will. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.